0: Welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm KW Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. And today we're talking about three TV series um, the new Disney Plus show Willow, the Apple Plus show Servant, and the MGM Plus show <laughs> So
1: There are <laughs> too many streaming services with Plus in the name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's very weird. But welcome back after a little hiatus and holidays and all that. How Yay. did your holiday season go?
1: It was very nice. It was nice to have a break from work,
0: from everything.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and obviously we watched a lot of TV during it.
1: How was yours? Yes,
0: it was also full of <laughs> great TV shows and some relaxation, nice. albeit some ice storms and all that, but yes. it's all good. Part of
1: the ice storms was hunkering down inside and putting the TV on.
0: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the shows you watched during that period was Willow. Yes. So tell me all about it.
1: Of course. I'm very excited to talk about this. This was a bit of a surprise for me. I didn't really know that it was being made or that it had come out. Oh. But I was scrolling through disney plus one night at my parents when after they had gone to sleep and i was like hey i used to like that movie as a kid (laughs) so i popped it on and i was like this is so much fun and i think that is like it really just hit that spot for me of like fun fantasy Mm mm-hmm which is kind of my favorite. Like, I'm, I've i talked about this before. I'm sort of burned out on the, like, grimdark stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone's miserable. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like nothing bad happens here. But, like, I just love all the characters so much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, The
0: Promise. Have you seen the movie? I don't know that I've seen the whole movie. I know of it. But, yeah, okay. tell our tell our listeners and remind me what the movie is about.
1: Okay, so the movie was from 1988. It was written by George Lucas and someone else. I apologize to this someone else <laughs> whose name I can't remember. Um, and it was directed by Ron Howard. And mm-hmm. it follows Willow, played by Warwick Davis, who is a Nelwyn man. And he wants to be a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, he's kind of trying to be a sorcerer and you know, not being super successful in his magic. And during the day, he, he's a farmer. And and what happens is his children find a baby, a daikini baby, so like a, um, a regular-sized human baby by the river. So he takes charge of the baby. And you find out that the baby is Alora Dannon, and she has been prophesied to be the next empress of the nine realms. So there is a, an evil queen, Bavmorda, who is trying to track down the baby and uh, perform this ritual to banish her spirit to, like, the darkest night or something like that. Oh. And basically not let her, you know, grow up and grow into power. Uh-huh. And her daughter, Princess Sorsha is like leading the armies and leading the charge to go find this baby. So Willow is taking the baby. I don't even remember where he's taking, I think just like the next Daikini village, because he's not aware of all of this prophecy nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) And along the way, he encounters Mad Mardigan who is played by Val Kilmer and they sort of team up to save the baby. I actually rewatched it. Oh, after I started watching the show, because mm-hmm. I didn't really remember anything about it, and th- I will say it's not necessary to watch the movie beforehand. Okay, they're pretty good at uh, recapping what had gone on, but it's very like nineteen eighty eight. Like this, the the CGI is pretty bad, and so it's <laughs> like really silly. But it's very heartwarming. It's, it's a nice family movie. Cool. So if you want to watch it, it is also available on Disney Plus. <laughs> Great.
0: <laughs> I might do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the series takes place about 20 years later. And the setup is that Alora Dannon has been hidden by Sorsha and Willow. Oh, sorry. Sorsha's now the queen. (laughs) Oh. But she's not evil anymore. (laughs) Oh, okay. I mean, that all gets explained in the movie, but I won't spoil all of that for you. So she's good. She has she married Mad Mm Mardigan, And they have twin teenagers. Kit is played by Ruby Cruz, and Eric is played by Dempsey Brick. And they are both sort of chafing at their roles as prince and princess. Kit is like, she just wants to go on adventures and be a knight, and she's not very good at being a princess, basically. And then Eric just, like, no one really has any expectations for him, um. so he spends a lot of his time, like, flirting and not really being useful. And I think that hurts him a lot just deep down and that sort of comes out later in the in the series but mad martigan has disappeared on a quest Mm. like 10-ish years ago oh so that's also really affected the kids like kit especially feels abandoned by her father because she was really close to him and she doesn't get along that great with her mom but the setup is that one of the other kingdoms in the realm Galadorn they have come for like a a prearranged treaty and Kit is going to be engaged to Prince Graydon Haster played by Tony Revolori and they're basically gonna get married the next day and they both are just like this is awful (laughs) (laughs) so Kit is like really mad because she
0: you know she doesn't really
1: want to be a princess and she's upset at being used as a pawn pretty much. And Graydon is just kind of like really soft spoken. He's really shy. He is just going along with it because that's what's expe- expected of him, but he doesn't really want to. Mm-hmm. And then we have Jade played by Aaron Kellyman. I think you would probably recognize her face if you don't remember her name, but she was Emphis Nest in Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh, and did you watch the falcon and the winter soldier yes yeah she was in that oh okay she was like the leader of the the mass people i haven't watched it (laughs) (laughs) but i really love her character she plays a knight and she is kit's best friend and she's really devoted to kit but at the beginning her mentor ballantyne has petitioned this thing called the Shining Legion to accept her as a recruit. So the night before the wedding, she has to tell Kit, like, like, this life isn't going to be ours anymore. I'm going to go, like, you're going to get married, and then I'm going to go to Galadorn and and become this special kind of knight. So Kit feels, like, especially abandoned. and. Then we have Dove, played by Ellie Bamber, and she's sort of Eric's love interest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and she is a kitchen maid who makes really good muffins. <laughs> <laughs> but right at the beginning, she's sort of infatuated with Eric, and he seems to, to pretty much be into her, but everyone around him is like, oh, this isn't going to last because, you know, he's always chasing girls. So what happens is Kit feeling abandoned by everyone. She basically wants to leave in the middle of the night and she's going to go and run away and have adventures and she gets interrupted by an attack. So the castle gets attacked by these things called the Gales, which are monsters and like we don't have to super get into all of that stuff and where they came from. But what <laughs> happens is they abduct Eric. Mm. So she's like, well, I can't leave now. <laughs> <laughs> and Queen Sorsha basically okays this rescue attempt. So Kit volunteers to go. And of course, Jade volunteers to go because Kit's going. And then King Haster volunteers Graydon and Graydon's like what i i'm like a scholar <laughs> like <laughs> i am not gonna be good on this quest but he, he makes him go and then sorsha also pulls a a criminal from the dungeons named thraxas borman he's played by amar Chada patel and she basically is like if you get these kids to to eric and bring them back safely all of your crimes will be forgiven Mm. and you don't like super know what his crimes are and then sorsha is like you're gonna need a sorcerer in this quest so go find willow and basically the end of the episode is them finding willow and he's like hey guess what eric's on the other side of the world like past the end of the world (laughs) (laughs) Oh, So this is going to be a long quest and it's going to be hard and, you know, be prepared. So they set off and along the way (laughs) Dove just inserts herself. She's like been following them and she's like, I'm going to rescue Eric. And she seems really (laughs) like ditzy at first, but she has very hidden depths and I'm not going to spoil any of that for you, but I was pretty excited to, you know, to find out that there was more to her than just being, like, a baker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they set off on this quest, and it's eight episodes. They're hour-long episodes. It's just a lot of fun. Like, there is danger. They run into a lot of danger, and people do die. Not, I will spoil that none of the main characters die which i appreciated okay but there definitely is danger and along the way like like there's a very dungeons and dragons feel to it like you've got this ragtag group of adventurers and some of them want to be there (laughs) and some of them don't and Mm -hmm. they're really different kid starts out pretty bratty and Mm -hmm. I know that turned a lot of people off, but for me, I was like, oh, man, she's going to have the best character arc. (laughs) 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 And, like, she doesn't really get along with with people very well at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So she and Dove butt heads a lot. And Jade's the only one who can sort of calm her down and talk some sense into her. But they're, they're like the fighters of the group and they're actually love interests and they become like their story is really, really sweet. And I, I enjoyed that aspect. Mm-hmm. Jade gets some background in there that I really appreciated. So she's not just love interest. She becomes, you know, a, a main character in her own right. Mm-hmm. Graydon is really interesting. He, like I said, is more of a scholar He's the one who, like, so the bad guys speak this language called narcotic, and he, like, is able to read it. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> but it's helpful. Oh. Like, he has helpful <laughs> skills that come in handy. Um, but he's also really funny. Mm-hmm. He's a bard. He plays the flute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I remember, like, in the first episode, about half an hour in, they're all around the campfire for the first night. And he plays, he takes out his flute and plays it. And everyone's like, you brought a flute
0: on this quest?
1: (laughs) And that was the moment I was like, oh, I'm going to love this show.
0: (laughs) I feel like he sounds like the kind of RPG character that I tend to play. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Not always a guy or anything, but just like the scholar, not as physically adept and wants to bring all the booky stuff. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just from the RPG that we play. That is pretty true. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think you would like him a lot. <laughs> he's got some, you know, dark background stuff that he's working through. Mm. The th- the really cool thing is that I know I'm talking about this forever, but <laughs> the really cool thing is that all of the six main characters have a character arc. Which I think you don't always see, mm. especially in the first yeah. season. But yeah, some great stuff happens with Graydon. Uh, I really like him a lot. And then Thraxus is really funny. Well, everyone calls him Borman, but he's just kind of there because he has to be. And he's got this like big cleaver weapon. <laughs> and then like eventually, like he's the funny guy. He makes all these jokes, and then. Ev- eventually i feel like he starts to see all the younger characters as like his little brothers and sisters oh and then willow the same with willow like he (laughs) his main relationship is with dove and he's he's a mentor to her but same with all the other kids he sort of grows to be kind of like a father figure and they all just grow to love each other (laughs) And that's just, like, it's a big found family, and I just think that's one of my favorite tropes, and I appreciated it so much. So yeah, there's a lot of heart in this show. Mm -hmm. It's very funny, but it has a lot of good things to say, too. And I was really impressed with the finale and how they wrap things up. There's still, you know, a cliffhanger to get you through to next season, even though Season two has not officially been announced. Oh. I'm I'm very much hoping that they have a season two and beyond. But they did some really incredible things in the finale with storytelling and with the character arcs. And yeah, one of the central themes is like love is powerful, and that oh. that's not limited to romantic love. It's about mm-hmm. friendship and you know, father figures and familial love and brothers and sisters and all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. it was just really a breath of fresh air, you know? Yeah. So this was one of my favorite shows. Oh. Yeah. Like of 2022, because it started then, Mm -hmm. but also just, I think it's become one of my favorite shows of all time.
0: Oh my goodness. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's cool. I... I do like 80s fantasy. I don't know why I haven't really hit on that movie before. And I've heard nothing but good things about the show. Cool. So I think I may. And you're getting me with a lot of the humor stuff, too. So that's okay. Yeah, that sounds really fun. I may indeed check that out.
1: Yeah, I hope you I hope you watch the show and I hope you watch the movie and tell me all about it. I know Tom's <laughs> watching the show or he yes, was. Yes,
0: he watched. Yeah. I think he finished it. So, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. I awesome. was a little sad that Val Kilmer wouldn't be in it, but he's poor thing. Yeah. I think he's not super well, but it's nice right. that they haven't killed his character off cuz he is still alive and, you know, if he does better, maybe they can bring him back. So.
1: Yeah, I think that I think that's the plan. I think COVID okay. sort of Oh, yeah nixed that for season one but they do some interesting things with him and i will say that you uh this is a little bit of spoiler you hear his voice a couple times oh and jack kilmer his son actually does the voice oh and it's yeah it was just really it's really sweet so oh yeah that's nice good yeah i hope you like it but you (laughs) have been watching something very different
0: yeah there's no easy segue to this (laughs) show which is completely different not as uh that it has like the opposite messages and (laughs) is is very bad and this is about an actual family but they are bad like they are not nice to each other and it's terrible okay oh no well yeah (laughs) So this show is called Servant and it is on Apple Plus and first season finished up or I'm sorry that season's 1 through 3 finished a while ago and they are currently just now as we are recording this starting the fourth season which is supposed to be the final season. Okay. Um and and it is being released weekly on uh like Fridays basically. So So as we record this, season four has barely started, so it would not be that hard to catch up by the end of when they're (laughs) dropping these. The interesting thing about this show is that even though it's like psychological horror, it is, each episode is only about a half an hour long. Some of them are a little longer, some of them are a little shorter even, but it's got the length essentially of a sitcom, which is weird, but also means that it's very easy to watch the whole thing. I watched... All three seasons, basically over winter break. So, like, a season a week.
1: How many episodes in each season?
0: Um, Ten. Okay. All right. So, yeah. yeah. I watched 30 half-hour episodes in, like, three weeks. It was crazy. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Okay. So, again, it's called Servant. It's on Apple+. And the central premise is sort of fully revealed in the first episode so lauren ambrose who is amazing (laughs) lauren ambrose from six feet under and oh my goodness what else has she been in that was her main thing she was on a season of torchwood she was in the the teen cult classic can't hardly wait um she's going to be in the new season of yellow jackets she is just amazing (laughs) i love i love her yeah she's playing adult van in the new season of yellow jackets nice And she is a local TV news reporter. She is extremely high-strung and very dramatic and very over-the-top. And she sort of just swans through every room she's in and just thinks she's everybody's favorite person. And she's got that, like, very vibrant, long red hair. And it just is, like – she's just a little tornado. She's amazing. And and she's both unlikable and awesome. So, um, yeah, she's just, like – I don't know. She's just, yeah, she's like Blanche from the Golden Girls in a young woman's body. I don't know how <laughs> to even describe her. She's just a lot. She's a lot. Anyway, so she's a local TV news reporter and she's married to Sean, who is played by Toby Kebble. And he's a he's a stay at home husband, but he also is a chef um, who kind of does like catering and stuff. And he's also done some TV hosting and stuff. But he mostly, as a chef, he does, and he does, like, Instagram stuff, so, like, he's supposed to be, like, a foodie influencer or whatever, but he also, his food that he makes is always super weird.
1: Oh. It's both
0: appealing and disgusting, and there's a lot of, like, really sort of loving cinematography over his food creations mm-hmm. and his preparation, some of which is really gross, some of it's some of it will make you hungry. He makes weird stuff like lobster ice cream, or he'll use a lot of really weird meats and things. And it's just kind of, uh, there's a certain quality of those scenes that's like Hannibal, where it's like, I'm hungry, but I know I shouldn't be because this is gross. (laughs) So I forgot to mention that one of the executive producers is M. Night Shyamalan. So this, and he's directed quite a few of the episodes. He didn't technically create it. It was created by Tony Baskalop. But he is kind of like the showrunner, one of the showrunners, and does direct a lot of them. So it has that very Shyamalan-esque cinematography, and it's it takes place and it's filmed in Philadelphia, which he does a lot of. So a lot of like shadowy rooms and, and again, weirdly photographed food is kind of the thing. <laughs> and then Julian Pierce is played by Rupert Grint, and he is Dorothy's little brother, who is – not anything like his harry potter character he is like an alcoholic he's very foul and he's clearly the comic relief character he's a little bit even though he's kind of damaged he's the closest to an audience insert he's kind of always trying to be a little bit more the voice of reason kind of trying to get everybody hey this situation is messed up like let's get back to normalcy here Which doesn't always work because he's an unreliable audience insert in that he is, you know, he's a substance abuser and very kind of depressive and weird. But he is the most relatable character based on how he does try to get things back into a state of normalcy. But as we, oh, and they live in this very elaborate, beautiful townhouse that was apparently where Dorothy and Julian grew up. So she's kind okay. of inherit, inherited it. And even though their dad is still alive, their mom has passed. But they somehow are the ones, Dorothy and T- Sean, are living in the house. And it's just beautiful. It's kind of like a turn of the century, multi story townhouse. Okay. So basically, as we start the series, Dorothy and Sean have had a baby but the baby is a doll <laughs> we see it as a doll it is a very realistic doll but it's a doll it's it's like a doll baby that's the size of a of a newish born infant.
1: I just want to interrupt for a second and tell listeners that KW has been messaging me and our friend Rachel about the show uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> And when she told us that, we were like, what?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. It's a doll. It's a doll. Okay. all It's a doll. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Dorothy is not well for a lot of reasons, but this baby is a doll. So in the first episode, they have just hired a nanny for their baby. Their baby's name is Jericho.
1: Okay. Interesting name.
0: Yes. And so... So they bring her in, her name, Leanne Grayson is their nanny, and she's played by Nell Tigerfree. And she is, she's very strange, sort of looking and acting. She's extremely quiet. She wears very modest clothing. She's got like long, dark hair, and she's really, really skinny. And she just, and very pale, and like quiet in a way that's sort of disconcerting. But Dorothy loves her immediately and is like telling her how to do various things to take care of Jericho. And Leanne, when she sees this baby is a doll, does not react, just kind of takes it in stride. She has a room in the house. So she's living there with them full time. And she, you know, handles the baby like it is a real baby. The doll okay. is if it's a real baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Dorothy goes to work and Sean sits Leanne down and is like, all right, here's the deal. Yeah, it's a doll. I know it's a doll. You can know it's a doll. It's a doll. <laughs> Dorothy doesn't know it's a doll. Dorothy thinks it is Jericho. Something very tragic happened. She had a baby. We had a baby, and the baby died. And she doesn't know that or remember it. So her therapy is to have this replacement that like gets a certain brand of doll and whatever. And and she has been carefully given counseling and. But she is in a sort of fugue state of not knowing Jericho died and treats the doll like it's her baby. So you don't have to hold it. You don't have to take care of it. You can go to the movies all day, whatever, just leave the doll here and she doesn't need to be any of the wiser and eventually we will help her come to terms with the death of our son. And Leanne is like listening. She hears him. And she's like holding the doll as if she's sort of like soothing it on her shoulder, like giving it little back rubs and stuff. And this whole conversation, she doesn't put it down and he's like, Okay, what do you wanna what do you wanna do today then? And she's like, Well, I'm gonna first I'm gonna take Jericho to the park. <laughs> and he's like, Okay. Okay. <laughs> so as it I it's this is a kind of show that I don't wanna spoil too much because it is a psychological horror thriller. And stuff kind of just continues to unfold. The house itself physically starts to kind of crumble a little bit. Oh. Things are wrong with the house. Things are wrong with Dorothy. Things are wrong with Sean. <sighs> things are wrong with Julian. Things are wrong with Leanne.
1: Uh.
0: <laughs> we learn little bits of things. There is, I'll give you some like elements of the show too. There is a cult. Ooh. There are supernatural occurrences. Okay. But you can't tell if they're really supernatural or if people are just crazy and interpreting coincidence in a weird way. People start to have weird physical manifestations of things. When we see Leanne alone in her room, she will sometimes self-flagellate with like a little whip and hurt herself. At various points, there's a lot of themes about surveillance they start installing cameras everywhere for a variety of reasons. And I will say one last spoilery thing to kind of whet the listeners' appetite and you as well. That very shortly after this episode, it may even be at the very end of the first episode, the doll is gone and is a real baby. What? Mm-hmm. No... Yes. I don't like
1: that. I'm probably going to watch <laughs> this now because it's so.
0: it sounds so creepy. It's very creepy. But okay, here's another thing. It's also really funny. <laughs> yes. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It has a weird, dark sense of humor. And I almost feel like it is a parody of a family sitcom. And that that's oh. why it's a half an hour. Oh. Hmm. But you've also got these elements of the extended family and the the you know plucky young servant character, which you know she could be like Alice from the Rainy Bunch in a different sort of tone. The house looks a lot inside like the house on Full House, like huh. it's just. But it's all like in a shadow form. Mm-hmm. It's in. You know, it's not that it's more realistic. It's not any more realistic than a very cheesy, colorful sitcom would be. It's it's equally unrealistic, but in a darker way. Yeah. You know, it's very stylized and weird. Huh. It's yeah. There's imagery that makes you wonder if Leanne is even human um, at all. You are continually wondering who the villain versus hero is. It just makes you question reality and what you're seeing a lot. But again, it's got a very—it's mostly Julian is very funny. He is, um, his dialogue is funny. He he is very very good in this role. I'm I'm quite pleasantly surprised with Rupert Grant. And the other thing is Rupert Grant and Lauren Ambrose—they are very believable siblings. They both have that red hair and stuff. And uh, he is supposed to be like ten years younger than her. Okay. But it is a little bit jarring if you sort of know him as growing up as Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter movies it's right. kind of uh, he is you know, definitely coming into his own as an adult actor and I'm very impressed
1: Let me ask you this: yeah. how is his American accent?
0: It's here's the, the interesting thing Lauren Ambrose is the only American in the cast oh. they are all British people playing Americans okay. Toby Kebbell is English Nell Tigerfree is English Rupert Grin is English So, and I didn't know that initially, and I wasn't feeling like, why are they talking weird? Okay. (laughs) He mostly sounds mostly fine. Of the three of them, Toby Kebbell's American accent is the least convincing, but he sounds like he's from New Jersey or something. So I'm kind of just going with it. They're all extremely good. They're all extremely good. Nice. But I do think Lauren Ambrose and Rupert Grant in particular really sell it. Cool. Nell Tigerfree is creepy. <laughs> she is very creepy. Toby Cabell's character is a little more like, I think a lot of the audience thinks they're supposed to side with him as sort of the beleaguered husband of this mentally ill woman. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if there is maybe something up with him. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we do eventually – I can't remember what season it is because, again, I just watched it in a big binge. (laughs) We do find out what we think happened to Jericho, and it's very sad. So I will say there is some triggering stuff. Uh, Dorothy had had trouble conceiving up until she had Jericho. A lot of miscarriages, a lot of stuff. So there is – this is probably not a good show for anyone to watch who has – fertility struggles or is going to have difficulty with some of the endangered baby plot lines and stuff. So I will give that as like a trigger warning. But um, if that stuff doesn't bother you or you can get past it, it is just beautifully acted, beautifully shot, beautifully scored. Like there are a lot of really interesting other recurring characters. There is Boris MacGyver plays this character named Uncle George, but he's no one's actual uncle, <laughs> and uh, Boris MacGyver plays a priest on Evil, and he does a great job in that role. So, okay, but yeah. Oh, and there's another character, uh, Toby, played by Tony Revolori. I'll say that again, Wait. so you can.
1: Oh. Tony Revolori? Yeah, he's in um... Willow. He's oh, okay.
0: Him. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. He was in the Grand Budapest Hotel also and Spider Man Homecoming. And he plays Toby, who is Sean's like assistant sous chef or whatever. And he kind of likes Leanne, but I keep thinking, Toby, you need to you need to get away from her. You need to get away from her. It's not good for you. Poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> and in terms of like the horror element, there are a couple of episodes where some gross things happen. Okay. But it's not Like, I think if this were a theatrical film, it would be rated R only for language. Okay. That without that, it would be like a PG-13 kind of horror. Okay. Yeah. There's some, I don't think this has ever given me bad dreams or anything, but it it, it is pretty creepy. So, (laughs) yeah. Does this
1: make you want to watch it? Kind of, but it also, I feel like it's going to creep me out a lot. But that's, I mean, I like that sort of stuff. I like it more than, you know, slasher horror and and things like that.
0: It's not slasher horror. It is much more. I mean, I think that the theme of it is the opposite of Willow in that it is here is a family who is damaged by miscommunication, lack of honesty. A lot of problems could be solved if Sean and Julian would say, hey, Dorothy, Jericho died and here's how. Right. And we need to get you some mental health help. Yeah. If they would have just done that in a much more reasonable way there would have been no show. <laughs> but they didn't. <laughs> and they there didn't. is a show. <laughs> and there is a show. So that's not what they chose to do. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So anyway, so like I said, it's it's coming out. The current season is uh the first episode of season four just came out January thirteenth and that's gonna wrap up March seventeenth. So right. yeah, on Apple Plus.
1: Excellent. Well we both watched in the same sort of vein. Mm-hmm. We watched another creepy show. We did called Chapel. Wait, yes, yes. <laughs> Do you want to explain the plot of that?
0: Well, one interesting thing was that I didn't know until I was already a couple of episodes in is that it's based on the short story Jerusalem's Lot by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And Jerusalem's Lot, as a story, is a prequel. To his longer novel *Salem's Lot*, which is kind of like oh. a classic of 70s horror literature, which reimagined the vampire tale uh, in a much more modern way. So it was kind of the first book of the 20th century that deviated a little bit from like Dracula-style vampires. Okay, so
1: neat. Yeah.
0: So yeah, why don't you give us the the premise though of the show, the more specific premise? How do we start this out?
1: Sure. So Adrian Brody plays Captain Charles Boone, and he is coming to this town. Wow. I don't remember any of the, of the specific <laughs> details. Preacher's
0: Corner, Maine.
1: Oh, thank you. He's yes. coming to Preacher's Corner, Maine, because he he has inherited his family's house, um, this house, Chapel Waite, from his uncle. And cousin, I think, actually. Uh-huh. And he has three kids Honor, played by Jennifer Ens Loa, played by Serena Gulamgus, and Tane, played by Ian Ho. And they are part indigenous because his wife was indigenous, and his wife has died, has just died. So he's bringing them to this small town in Maine for like a more stable life. And He engages Rebecca Morgan, played by Emily Hampshire, as their sort of governess slash nanny person. She does bring them to school, so she's not like a full time governess, but she's there to help. And when they get into town, they experience a lot of what is the word? They're just not very welcomed because they find out that the Boone family was not well thought of and mm-hmm. also his his kids experience direct racism mm-hmm. which is very sad and unfortunate but that compounds everything and um, it's actually been a while since I watched the first two episodes because I watched them like when this started coming out and then I, when you were watching it I was like oh let me finish this <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I'm going to let you take it from there because I don't want to say anything incorrect. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, they just they find themselves kind of shunned in town and they don't know why. And part of the reason, though, we find out pretty quickly is that there are a lot of people in Preacher's Corners who are experiencing a weird sort of wasting disease. This is, oh, I don't know that we were clear that this is in like the 1850s or Oh, so. yeah we were um, on, so i apologize yeah. yeah which some of this might make more sense if we mentioned yeah. that we're in like the pre-victorian yeah uh, you know semi-colonial united states basically so yeah and and charles had been a sea captain on a whaling ship and stuff so like there's a lot of old-timey things so and Rebecca wants to be a short story writer, and she's got an assignment to write a story for The Atlantic, and she's, like, stressing about this. And so she kind of takes this job, sort of, to surveil the family and kind of write a little memoir study of them. So she, we sometimes hear her notes as she's writing. But there's, yeah, this weird wasting disease. People in the town will get really sick and weak. And But of course, this is also an era where they're getting bled by the doctor so like (laughs) this isn't great people will get very like pale and delirious and they shun the light i think listeners can probably see where this is going (laughs) like one there's a little girl in town who wanders to chapel wait in the middle of the night barefoot in her little nightgown and she's totally delirious and she's got this sickness or whatever the other thing is that preacher's corners is the closest town to Chapelwaite, but it's still like an hour by carriage so it's not like chaplowate is pretty isolated in addition to inheriting Chapelweight though charles inherits like a mill that make i don't really know what a mill does do they make wood in a more usable yeah, form okay I think so yeah and the mill workers are kind of jerks to him and he tries to like befriend this guy who is that guy that he befriends his little employee dude who likes Oh, Abel? Honor. Yeah. Abel.
1: He's played by Devante senior.
0: Okay. So he's the only person who kind of takes some sympathy and, and kindness to the Boone family. And, you know, Charles tries to win the town over and is like, I don't know what my uncle and cousin did, but I'm not them and they're dead. And, I didn't cause the sickness. I don't know why you think I would have and why you think my family is cursed. I'm just, but he also does start to see things and feel things and he starts to think he's going crazy. Mm-hmm. He sees like worms and is just not getting very well. I don't know how much more we want to say. There is something mysterious and bad going on. The the title of the short story, Jerusalem's Lot, comes from the fact that there's another little town that's a little farther than Preacher's Corners that was the Boone family mining town. But the mine kind of like dried up or whatever. So it got the town became a ghost town. Um, but there's something hinky going on at Jerusalem's lot.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> something so. is hinky. In yes. the town of
1: Preacher's Corner.
0: <laughs> yes. something is- And uh, poor Loa. Loa, his daughter, his middle child, is very, like, she's got clear PTSD from her mom dying, and it- she doesn't even speak in the first episode. And she also suffered from, was it rickets or something? Yeah, something like that. And so she's left with, like, a limp, and her left leg is in a brace, and it's a little bit like it, you can clearly see there's something like muscle wasting she can't really walk very well and so the kids when they go to school they are treated very badly because they're boons and they're not white and the one daughter is silent and disabled so they're just like these poor children i just felt so yeah. bad for them yeah but it also leads loa to be kind of open to weird influences i'll just leave it there <laughs> yes and I'll also say that veteran character actor Christopher Haerdahl plays a character who shows up about midway through, who is peak weird character. And I'll just say
1: <laughs> yeah. that. Yes. Everything is weird.
0: Everything is weird. There's also veteran character actor Julian Richings, who shows up in a similar role, who is very over the top. And. So I enjoyed them. I also enjoyed Emily Hampshire a lot from Schitt's Creek. She was Stevie on Schitt's Creek. So I always called this show Stevie and the Vamps. (laughs) (laughs) So the other thing that's interesting is the show starts out with a very like Victorian, old timey, mysterious tone. And then it does take a little bit of a campy turn, I will say. Yeah. Did you agree?
1: I did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Which is fine. It's hard not to be based on what happens, I think. Right.
1: Yeah. I think so. There are still some very poignant moments.
0: There are. And there are. And very sad moments. Yes. Very natural stuff. Adrian Brody is very, very good here. He's probably the best actor in the cast and he does a great job. Mm -hmm. You feel very. Sympathetic toward him and his difficulty of trying to protect his family. Um, there is going to be a season two, which I think they are starting pre-production on right now, and we'll see how things play out. But it does okay. end on kind of a cliffhangery thing toward the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It was very interesting. It's dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think if you're going to pick something. Out of what we talked about today, know that Willow is light and the other two are dark.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think in a way, Servant is not as dark as Chapelweight. Chapelweight gets pretty upsetting. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. For sure. There are definitely, there's like some really disturbing imagery, some very disturbing characters. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, towards the end, I was like, I need to slow down a little bit and pace these out.
0: Yeah. I did that too. I did that too. I slowed down watching it, but Yeah. But cool, I'm interested in season two. Yeah, yeah. So remind folks where can we find each of these shows?
1: Yes. So Willow is on Disney Plus, Servant is on Apple Plus, and Chapelweight is on MGM (laughs) Plus.
0: Get all the pluses. Just get all the pluses. Next time, we'll be talking about more great pop culture stuff, so be sure to join us then. And remember ne- that we're now on a bi-weekly schedule, so you'll find us again in two weeks. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find our website at PositivelyPopCulture.com, and from there you can find the link to the merch store. You can also email us at positivelypopculture@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And please
1: rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and safe and join us next time for another episode of Paws Pop.